This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Alopecia Life. This is the first episode in a two-part series about low-dose naltrexone, or LDN. Several months ago, I discovered a Facebook page called LDN and Natural Healing for Alopecia Areata. After becoming a member and researching the page to find out what LDN was, I asked who had seen results from using it. A handful of people volunteered their experience, and only one said they had been seeing growth from using it. Today's guests are Laura Krippner and her son Harrison. Laura retrained as a health coach after spending years seeking solutions for chronic autoimmune disease for herself and her family. Laura was the one person who reached out to me to share her positive experience with LDN and alopecia, and I was delighted to discover her passion for helping others with autoimmunity, especially in the area of hair loss. Laura, thank you so much for joining us on Alopecia Life. I'm excited to have you today to talk about your own personal experience as a health coach, the motivation behind that, and also your experience with LDN. Let's kind of just jump right in and talk about kind of your career change. Sure. Well, I've done quite a few things in life because of uh, following my husband around the world. And uh, it hasn't always been easy to work where we've been living. So we moved back to the UK about seven years ago and my son became ill with alopecia. He wasn't actually ill. He just, you know, had alopecia. And that was in 2016. Since then, kind of, we were trying lots of different things. His hair came, his hair went. After the last couple of years, he's basically had alopecia totalis. Your son developed alopecia and mm-hmm. you made a change for your career path. Yeah, yeah. I really struggled. I tried very hard to find answers with conventional medicine and basically got nowhere. I saw a functional medicine doctor who was brilliant in Manchester in the UK. And, but that started my interest in functional medicine. And it just, I guess, developed from there as I learned more things about it. And you mentioned that your son, Harrison, you tried some different things with him. Were they conventional or were they alternative? What worked for him when he had his regrowth initially? Initially, he started with the ophiasis pattern. That is a tricky pattern to get regrowth on. And then he lost all of his hair. And so brows, eyelashes, the brows and eyelashes were coming and going. We literally tried everything. We went to various dermatologists. We started on minoxidil. We tried diet. He was on Dermavate as well. He tried lots of different things. At one point, we were seeing a trichologist who was electrocuting his head like literally we I feel like we tried pretty much everything mm-hmm. one of the dermatologists spoke about trying the jack inhibitors and Harrison was just like you know the risks effectively they're, they're going to outweigh the benefits I'd rather I'd rather not have hair go down that road and expose myself to all those those other risks I thought he was okay with not having hair he seemed as if he was coping right up until he wasn't 
and he just said to me one day, you, you know, he wasn't upset or anything. He just said he wanted to try a wig. I don't know anyone who's got a wig and I don't, I don't know how to go get a wig. And I just thought, okay, I don't feel like we've tried everything here. That there's other things that we can pursue. And how did you find out about LDN? And I guess let's share with listeners what LDN is so that they can become familiar with it. LDN stands for low-dose naltroxine, Mm -hmm. if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I first heard about it on a, it was an autoimmune webinar. It was a US pediatrician who was discussing it. And I thought, okay, that's of interest. And then the functional med doctor that we saw in the UK mentioned that she'd been using LDN with some of her alopecia patients and it had good success, but she hadn't used it on children. So when Harrison said that he wanted to try a wig, I just thought he'd get really, really teased at school because, you know, everyone at school knows that he doesn't have any hair Mm -hmm. or didn't have any hair. He was wearing a hat and he's also, he does a lot of sport. And I just thought that, you know, he plays rugby. That couldn't be a really bad scenario there. So I said, let's try this. And the, the doctor prescribed it. We had it made in a compounding pharmacy. It was shipped down from Scotland. And three months after he started, he started on a half mil dose. It's a very low dose that they start on. And it gets built up over a period of time. So he was on 0.5 and then it was increased by half a mil every week until he got up to four mil. Did he experience any side effects from as the dosing started to increase? No, absolutely nothing. I mean, I don't think it tastes great. Mm -hmm. Which he, you know, he notices, but other than that. Is no, it a nothing. liquid form? How is it taken? It's a liquid medicine that okay. um, it's just a question of measuring out four mil into, into a syringe. So it's easy to take four mil. It's less than a teaspoon, but it must've taken him a good couple of months to, you know, get up to the correct dose. His hair started to regrow. And does he still take it daily? He does. Yeah. He does. He okay. Does. And I know that you and I talked about this before, um, where, we don't know if he stops taking it, if his hair will start to fall out or what will happen. Has your functional medicine doctor discussed anything about the effects on other patients that have been taking LDN and have stopped or is anybody stopped? No, not that I know of. So he's just, um, he's just carrying on with it right now because he hasn't got a hundred percent regrowth, but he's got his lashes back. He's got his brows back, the top of his head, all the crown is back and he's got kind of fuzzy patches on the side and at the back, which is where the aphiasis pattern first started. So I think that is going to be tougher to bring back anyway. Question of, I feel that with alopecia, it's it's such a um, tricky thing. It literally, you know, what works for one person, it's not going to work for the next. That's truth with everything. People who try gluten-free diets and, and paleo and AIP or in vitamin supplements, everybody has just such a very different response. So I'm super curious about LDN because of the fact that it doesn't have any known side effects. I know that sometimes it can affect your sleep is what I've heard. And I first heard about it from a pharmacist who was having a workshop who talked about these great benefits for autoimmunity to really reduce that inflammation. And that is very interesting to me. I have Hashimoto's. The funny thing was, it wasn't funny at the time, it's look back on it now, that when I was first diagnosed, my GP, my regular doctor, didn't mention to me that it was an autoimmune condition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She just said, you know, you've got hypothyroidism. She didn't Mm -hmm. say it's likely, you know, highly likely that it's going to be an autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. and it's caused Mm -hmm. by your immune system effectively attacking your thyroid. It was only when I was seeing the functional med doctor 
with Harrison. She was talking about, you know, what's going on in the family health wise. And she just looked at me and said, oh, yeah, well, that, that's chances are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chances are that's caused by, you know, your immune system. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went and got tested and got the diagnosis. But it was a year later than I'd been um, been taking the meds for a year, mm-hmm. but not working properly. Right. Are you taking thyroid meds or? I do. I'm also on, we're, in fact, we're all actually on a, a pretty strict gluten-free diet as well. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that really helps all of you out? Absolutely. Yeah. I think kids don't have it because Harrison's got two siblings. They don't have a reaction like that. It's just, I think with autoimmunity, you just don't want to aggravate what's mm-hmm. going on in the gut, which obviously gluten does. Right. If you would have known about LDN early on, would you have kind of jumped in with that because of the more natural aspect of it versus the minoxidil and dermavate? Is that something you think you would have pursued early on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the issue that a lot of people have with alopecia is, you know, you find the bald spot or, you know, you you see the hair loss, you go to the doctor. The only thing that your doctor is going to do for you realistically is refer you to a dermatologist because that's how they treat it. And you go to a dermatologist and they say, well, chances are it's going to get worse. Well, it'll either get worse or it'll get better, but we don't know what's causing it. That's when, the, you know, they, they give you something, I think, just, just so they give you something. It's kind of like to pacify you a little bit, to give you something. Okay, well, try this, you know, and then go home and we'll maybe see you in a few weeks or a month or in the UK, it may be months, right? Before you're seen again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's if you, I mean, I think we only were able to get referrals because we've got private medicine. I think people who don't have private medicine and are literally relying on the NHS, they can wait months mm-hmm. to even get that referral to a dermatologist. Right. What would your recommendation be for folks who are looking for LDN? Because like you said, you need to get it from Scotland right now, right? Yeah. There is a pharmacy in the UK called Dixon's and they are actually, they're really geared up to providing LDN to people. So, for example, if you went to your regular GP and asked for this prescription, they would literally look at you as if you've got two heads. It is so not the done thing. But if you can go to a functional medicine doctor and get that prescription, then that's possible. Or go into the pharmacy and they will set you up with a private GP who's obviously heard of it and is geared up to write the prescription. So let's talk a little bit about your health coaching practice. It looks like you have a ton of amazing information and a lot of it is focused on alopecia and Hashimoto's and I love your aging gracefully piece of it. You have a lot of amazing content on here. What would you say your main focus is right now? My main focus now it's hair loss through autoimmunity, regardless of whether that's alopecia or Hashimoto's, because I feel that especially with women, when when you start losing hair, I think it's a really tricky thing. And if it's with Hashimoto's, for example, you're not necessarily going to get a patch. It's not like, you know, alopecia areata where you get Mm -hmm. a patch. It's just you're losing hair and you're seeing the hair in the shower. You're seeing the hair in the brush. I don't really think it's talked about. And I think that lack of positivity, it's just that, yes, you don't have to accept it. I think people do just accept, you know, what they get given, especially depending on their views of doctors, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. Are you speaking maybe to the sense that we're really trusting and relying on our doctors to tell us what's what? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, they've gone through seven years of medical school. It's just, that's the UK. But when you're speaking with your GP of that seven years, a GP, a general practitioner will spend a week on skin and hair. 
Mm-hmm. That's not much. That's right. I've spoke with physicians and nurses where we've talked about how much they study and it's basically two or three paragraphs in a book. Mm-hmm. So really having this insight and perspective from people who are living with it and going through it, I think is really helpful when we're looking for someone to help us with coping and also with some potential treatments. So yeah, I think it's just having the, just because someone says there's nothing you can do, that isn't the case. There are things you can do. Could be that you perhaps don't want to do the thing, like for example, going hundred percent gluten-free. That Mm -hmm. definitely helped me helped Harrison. You do have to play around with diet and it can be quite challenging for people to do that. Yeah. To go, okay, I'm not going to eat X, Y, Z anymore. That Mm -hmm. is a difficult thing to do. It completely is. And I've heard so many positive things though about really changing diet and and the way that they feel physically. It's not about necessarily growing hair. It's about going, oh, my stomach isn't bloated anymore. Yeah. I think though it can be, people do to a certain extent, they get very hung up on diet. They're like, okay, I'm missing X, Y, Z nutrient. If I eat mm-hmm. that, that will make my hair grow back. Mm-hmm. Chances are it won't, unless your alopecia has been caused by a nutrient deficiency, like for example, iron, ferritin. You know, if there's something really, if you're on a vegan diet mm-hmm. without supplementing, there are a few reasons why, you know, yes, okay, go and eat that steak and perhaps that will help you. But for most people, it's much bigger than that. And I think that's why functional medicine helps because mm-hmm. it, it is while looking at the the whole picture. Right. So let's say someone would like to start working with you. How would they go about that? And what would they need to do to get in touch with you? My email's on the website. And then what I'm doing is a three-month program because it takes a good couple of months, kind of at least, and that's being conservative, for the hair follicles to get signaled. It's not an easy fix. And I just want to keep coming back to that. It's, It's not a straightforward thing. What causes one person's is not going to be somebody else's cause. It's getting to the bottom of what that particular person's issue is. Mm-hmm. And that, that takes time. I have a, a three-month kind of program. And then I add on a few extra coaching sessions, like, which people can pick up areas that you know they think are really relevant to them or hang on, I want to learn more about that. When it comes down to it, knowledge is power, right? We need to know what's going on in our body, how we can help ourselves and finding the resources that are going to benefit us the most, really. And just try it for, I guess, a decent period of time too. Because Mm -hmm. if we're looking at, if you're expecting to see regrowth, but you've only been trying something for a month, it's going to take a good couple of months, possibly Mm -hmm. closer to three to mm-hmm. get that. So you've got to give it a fair shot before you go, okay, I tried that, didn't work. I know there's a school of thought about if you have been living with something for say like five years, the idea that having to try something new for a month for every year that you've been living with it, is that mm-hmm. something that's kind of common knowledge or is that kind of a is that true? Or am I am I just, did I just hear that somewhere and it made sense to me? Well, and I think it does make sense. I mean, the way that I've heard about that is with regards to trying the AIP diet, Mm -hmm. where, you know, the longer you've had a condition, the longer that you're on that um, protocol, that most people, you know, you could do a good 30 days. And then perhaps if, you know, if if your symptoms have subsided, if you're not getting any gastric distress or any, you know, issues that are immediately flagging themselves, you could start to do reintroductions. Whereas if you've had a chronic condition, for many, many years, you know, they say do it for much longer. So mm-hmm. like three months minimum up to right. 
six. This is all fantastic information that you've shared today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? It's important to know that you don't have to necessarily accept it. Mm-hmm. You choose not to. Obviously, you know, everybody's different. Everyone has a different view on this. But I think as a mother, when my son came to me, that's the other thing too, with regards to, for example, with, with wigs, if it had been my daughter asking for a wig, I'd have gone, oh, okay, sure, I'll figure out how to get you a wig. And so that's definitely something that, that I think I had an issue with. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see my son in a wig. Yeah, I think that you talked about that though when you were saying that you you looked kind of beyond that, right? You said, well, does he want a wig or does he want hair, right? Mm-hmm. And then you determined with him that that really the hair was really the underlying thing. He really wanted his hair. And do you think that you would have done that with your daughter as well? It would have been immediate to go, okay, yes, let's go for a wig. But underneath it all, she's, she would have just wanted her hair too, right? In the end? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really, I guess, what it's about. And I think the key thing as well is, you know, you're not dealing with adults. You're dealing with children effectively that are going through a really up and down emotional time anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. onset of puberty, they're changing, their bodies are changing constantly, Mm -hmm. moods, they're certainly changing. So you're not necessarily dealing with someone who's in a completely rational place, but at the end of the day, they're your child. And if they're not happy, that's what you try and, you know, you try and help them. Mm -hmm. The goal of all parents at all times, (laughs) just trying to help our kids out in the best way that we can. And I really think that speaks volumes when you think about helping your own child. You changed your career in order to help others live better lives with alopecia, especially for those in the UK. Now that our listeners know about you, they can find you at your website, which is practicalhealthcoach.uk. I actually felt quite strongly about the UK because I feel like there's tons of resources in the US. Absolutely. I agree with that. I really do find that Alopecia UK is fantastic. Jen and Amy both are really fabulous. And so I think you're going to be a fantastic resource for them as well. That's great. Yeah, thank you. It's just, I think it's, especially when you first get diagnosed, you don't even know what the questions are. don't know what to ask. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think that you're a great way to start and Alopecia UK is great. And do you work mostly virtually? I do. Yeah. I am remote. I live on Zoom basically. (laughs) Yep. I know how that goes. I'll put all of that in the show notes for folks who are interested in reaching out to you and finding out more about autoimmunity and LDN. This has just been a great informational episode that's going to be really beneficial to so many. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Deanne. Harrison also joins us today to share his own experience with alopecia and his perspective of LDN and other treatments that have been part of what it looks like to live with alopecia areata. Harrison, thank you so much for joining us on Alopecia Life today. Oh, yeah. It's good to be here. I would love to share about your experience with developing alopecia and what you've kind of done over the years and how it kind of all just unfolded for you. When were you first diagnosed? Uh, first diagnosed in uh, 2016. And how old were you at the time? Uh, at the time, I, I was just like 12, 13-ish. Mm-hmm. So like just beginning uh, senior school or high school, whatever you would like to call it. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? I mean, at first it was really scary just because to be like developing this, this like small bald patch. 
it was like being pointed out to me by like all my classmates. I'm like, yeah, I know. One time, like, fully like shaved my head because there's just like a small amount left. I was pretty embarrassed by it, so I actually like started wearing like a hat, mm-hmm. and I started that, and I've just stopped doing that. And this is like year ten, and mm-hmm. I, it started in year seven. Mm-hmm. And what led you to stop wearing a hat this year? Oh, just growth. Just actually having hair. Mm-hmm. Like I no longer felt the need to have it. So how did that develop your hair growth? That's kind of why we're talking today. But your mom and I discussed starting LDN, right? Yeah. I've been on LDN for like a year, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Yeah. And then uh, my hair started growing in, it started growing in May, but really started being noticeable in August. Do you feel like it's all from LDN or did, were there any other changes that you made? I feel like the majority of it is from LDN just because I have made like a lot of changes, whether it's like diet and lifestyle or whatever. Getting a lot sporty, I kind of like cut out a lot of uh, stuff like gluten mm-hmm. and like stuff what I was eating, but that didn't really change anything. And it was really once I started LDN that I actually noticed, like I did a ton of stuff. I got like um, electrocuted on my head and I did like this um, roller over my head, like these little spikes in. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't notice anything until like one or two months into LDN. And did you have any side effects from it? Uh, no, not really. I was completely normal. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a few people say that they have difficulty sleeping. Did you have any problems with sleeping, falling to sleep? Oh, no. Uh, I've always found it really easy to fall asleep, whether it's even like on like a bus or whatever. <laughs> what else would you like to share about your experience with LDN or any of the other treatments that you tried? Well, I tried to eat, like um, these steroid pills. I tried these like, small red pills. Mm-hmm. And I was on like an increasing dosage every single week. I didn't get any results from those, but uh, I got some really nasty side effects from them. Like what? One of, I got these like really, really bad mood swings. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because I'm a teenager, because once I went off them, they, they pretty much they left pretty soon, like a week mm-hmm. or two. I was walking down the street. This block, I'd say, is about 20 meters long. As I started walking onto it, I was in a really good mood. By the time I got to the end of it, I was in a really bad mood. I was really angry, although nothing's changed. Right. That's great that you recognized it too. I'm sure other people around you noticed it as well. That's a very common side effect with steroids. It's pretty common to feel those mood swings and depression and things like that. So you definitely weren't alone in that. How long were you on those for? I think I was on those for like eight weeks. Mm, wow. Yeah. What are other things that you've learned from your experience? What I've definitely learned is like for this like four year thing is that um, don't put all your eggs in one basket because there is no one treatment solves all cure because I've had a bunch of different things, tons. And I know that a lot of these have like percentages and like these work for like 60% of people. But I wasn't in any of those, really. And so don't just focus on one thing. Try as many different things as possible, you know, as long as they're healthy, okay? Because something might work for you, something might not. Do you feel like you've gained confidence from having alopecia, or has it been more from contributed really to growing your hair back? Yeah, I lost a lot of confidence of alopecia. Like mm-hmm. When I like the first bit, I felt really hard. Like I remember having like these showering and then when I come out the shower, my hands are just like, covered in like clumps of hair. Like that mm-hmm. was, you know, that was not a fun experience for year eight me. But nice. actually growing it back has really changed my confidence. Like before, like I have an Instagram. I didn't even post any, a single picture of myself on my Instagram. I was mm-hmm. insecure. 
myself and like I do now because you know I'm happy with the way my hair looks mm-hmm. uh, it's still growing though all the way yet do you feel like if your hair were to fall out again that your confidence level would dip again or do you feel like that other things contribute to confidence yeah I definitely think other things contributed to confidence but for me it was all generalized just about my appearance really I was pretty fine academically and I was also pretty sporty but I just it was all about my appearance that lowered my confidence. What other recommendations might you give to parents who are going through this to help their kids? Uh, to help their kids. Uh, purely on just like, the mental side of things, I would definitely get your kids involved in like sport. I really strongly recommend sport. It's a distraction and it's something that, something that makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. And so like when I was on the rugby field and I, I wasn't thinking about my LFE show, I did not feel even slightly self-conscious because I don't, I don't think anyone was looking at me because of my hair. They were just looking at me if I was um, made a good play or something. We strongly recommend them pick up a sport. So as far as LDN's concerned, so we talked about within three months of taking it, you were showing significant hair growth and also you weren't experiencing side effects. And also... There's one thing that your mom and I discuss, and, and that's the piece of it that we don't know if whether if you stop taking it, your hair will fall out. Do you recall any conversation with your doctor about that, whether or not that is going to be the reality? Should you stop taking it or is this a lifetime thing you're going to need to take forever? I honestly haven't actually had this conversation with my doctor, but um, <laughs> I feel like my mom does all the talking for me. And I'm just kind of there. We do that. Yeah. I mean, I've been to the doctor a lot, <laughs> so I'm just kind of used to it. I just kind of sit there at this point and only like answer when I'm asked a question. So yeah. I'm not sure, in all honesty, but like there's been times when I've had to go off it just because there was really no way I could be on it. For example, I went on vacation for like about two weeks. I didn't really have a way of having any LDN whilst I was away because I had to refrigerate it. So I was actually off LDN for about two weeks, but mm-hmm. nothing changed. I don't know if that, so the time period was just too short, right. but I was fine off it for a bit. That's interesting that you told me it needed to be refrigerated because I didn't know that either. But your mom did mention that it was in a liquid form and then traveling with that in liquid form, right? Just just yeah. through customs and things like that. So It's really hard. Right, right. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. You were off it for two weeks and you didn't see any significant change, any new spots or anything. Yeah. Well, there's no negative change. I saw that. There was still like positive growth. Yeah. It, it still changed, especially just because of, um, I think I was just in the sun all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that helped it or not. So when you came to your mom and you said, mom, I want to wear a wig, what kind of propelled you to make that decision? I was just really sick of having to wear like a hat to feel comfortable. People trying to steal my hat, which was like a thing, which was really annoying. So I remember like tightening my hat to the point where you could not take it off. Yeah. That was really, really uncomfortable. And so, you know, this would just be easier. Did you ever try one at that point? No, I've actually never tried one. Okay. And were you more like, I I want hair or was it more like, I just want an alternative to this really constricting hat that was, everyone wanted to just knock off? Yeah, it's when I got really desperate. So like originally, first two years, I was all, I, okay, I just want my hair back. I don't want a wig. I just want my hair back. That's all I really want. Mm-hmm. And so I, complete, I was actually offered the wig option. I just completely ignored it. Because I feel like if I went down the wig option, then they wouldn't be as concerned of getting my hair back. Mm. And so I just 
really wanted that back. But then the third year comes, and like still all this, so many different treatments, I'm beginning to feel kind of hopeless. I'm like, okay, maybe I should consider this. And so that's when I went and asked my parents for a wig. So it wasn't like you were really giving up on the the idea that you wanted hair. It was more like just just an alternative to consider. Yeah, I, I'll just yeah. I wasn't giving up. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just have this to make me feel comfortable. In the meanwhile, now how is your hair growth? You've got quite a bit on top, right? Basically, I've got like this um ring, and then that's kind of like filling in from there. Right around the ears is still quite barren. But what I've noticed is that before I got any hair growth, the skin gets like um say rough, almost like bumpy. Yeah. Before I get anything. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm at. And I feel like there's like just different stages to the growth. Right. Does it come in white before it yeah. gets pigment? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So like on my sides right now, I, they're like, they're just covering like this white fluff. How long does it take for the pigment to change? I, it actually changes really fast once it begins the process of changing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for me, it took me like three-ish months mm-hmm. for the pigment to start changing. But then once it starts changing, it goes from like white to my original color, which is like brunette, very quickly. I feel like like under two weeks. Okay. That's good to know as well. So a lot of people will be interested in hearing more about LDN after we do this interview. And is there anything negative, anything super positive that you'd like to convey to anyone? I say the only negative is that you do have to take it daily. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if you could say that's a negative. Just I've been completely fine with it, and then it has been very positive because I haven't had any side effects from it, and I've also had results. Whilst before, when I was looking at any other, like for example, the steroids one, it was like, okay, this has like a X percentage, X, X percentage of people who take this, you know, start seeing some new growth. Right. Okay, I think it was like sixty something. So I was hopeful, but like, and these are the side effects, right? Which is like pretty much a, a guarantee that I was going to have. Like it was going to be one of them. But for this, no, I haven't had any side effects, so it's been really positive for me. Awesome. I just appreciate you being here with me today and for taking the time to share your experience with LDN and living with alopecia. And I think that it's going to be really helpful for listeners. So thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode about LDN. To find out more about Laura and Harrison, please check out our show notes for the link to practicalhealthcoach.uk. In part two of the series, our guest is Michelle Moser, a pharmacist for over 30 years and the owner of Makers Compounding Pharmacy, where medications are made for specific patient needs. In our next episode, Michelle will share about her professional experience with LDN and how it works and why this molecule is so exciting when we're talking about chronic inflammation. Thanks again for listening to Alopecia Life, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.